0: Hi there, guys. Welcome to Grupo Sanzala's Podcast. I'm your host, Mestre Pedro, and this is our episode number 48. Yes, it's been a while. I've been involved in a few projects, but what is important now is that the podcast is back at full steam, and I'll be sharing weekly episodes both in Portuguese and in English. And I'm really excited about this one, where I want to share with you how I would approach a brand new beginner class where everybody is starting from scratch. Uh, this is a follow-up from you know the 46th episode where I give uh, you know my thoughts on teaching and. On that episode, I describe a few concepts that I really find relevant when you're teaching, but this one I want to focus on the sequence that I would be first aiming for and the, and the ideas that I really think is important that you pay attention to when you start a brand new class. The first thing is describing capoeira, you know, it's important to give uh the historical concept where capoeira comes from but uh, the way to describe the game i really like to use the comparison as you know language you know i like to say capoeira is a language of movements because in the same way that you go to a french class and you come out of a french class not being fluent but you do learn a few words you learn how to make a question and you learn how to answer and each class is more or less like this in capoeira as well you learn a few movements you're gonna learn how to use an attack you're gonna learn how to respond to the attack with a defense and slowly you build up your vocabulary of movements and uh, you know this really helps the students to understand what are they gonna go through you know and um, at the same time, using a consistent language to describe a movement or a sequence is really important, even concepts like perception. So, using the language consistently is a good way for the student to remember faster, you know, be able to memorize what you want to do or how a movement is done. Because many times you can show a movement and the student will do it, but next class, she or he will have already forgotten. But if you describe in the same manner, it's more likely that you'll be able to memorize that a little bit faster. Another thing is really worth mentioning is that whatever exercise you're going to do, it be a stretch, a kick, you know, a, a movement, that you always have an easier option available. Right. So if you're going to do a stretch and there is a guy who is not so flexible, you can give an alternative that allows the student to also, you know, be part of that. So it's important that you give this, uh, be flexible in your approach according to the student that you are teaching, because they are not going to be all the same skill set, not the same flexibility, not the same fitness level. So you've got to be able to, you know, go with the flow when you are passing a movement. Build your sequence slowly, you know, break them in chunks, you know. Don't go and give too much information straight away. Start slowly, you know. Describe clearly what you want. Work the part before you go into the next one, you know. Divide the sequence in two parts. First, practice one. Repeat that separately, you know. Then, practice them in pairs. When you are bringing up Uh, you're going to do an exercise in pairs, it's very important that you um, remind them how it is important to be safe. So you introduce the safety distance, you know, like two arms distance. It means that there is the student who is kicking doesn't need to worry about how flexible they are, you know, or how well coordinated they are because they don't need to worry if they're going to hurt the other one the kick might not be ideal in the beginning but still there would be no chance of hitting the other one because you're keeping a safety distance which is two arms and there's no chance of the attack hitting the you know the kick of one hitting the other one because it leads to the other idea that you wanna you really wanna cultivate the feeling of confidence you really wanna Tell the students that they should not have a shred of doubt that everything that you have planned on that class is easily achievable by everyone, you know? And uh, the idea of confidence is installed also the way you're going to describe, say, posture, right? The way you position yourself can give, uh, makes you feel in a certain way. If the person is scared, he has a position. If the person is confident, he has another posture. And just reminding these little things, you know, how they should position themselves, how it, it makes them feel different. Also, because you want them to be able to look at the other one, you know, and moving, looking at the, you know, at the height of their eyes. So they, they always not just, sometimes they will look down because they try to remember saying, no, no. Pay attention, look ahead, you know, pay attention. You always have to be moving, you know, looking at the other one. That's why it's important to work the movement separately and then in pairs. Don't start with the jinga straight away, you know. Uh, the Jinga is something that is, is quite challenging and takes a little bit of training, right? Like to get the arm together with the leg and get that coordination going, is a big challenge. And as I mentioned before, you really want to cultivate this idea of confidence, right? So before they hit a major challenge like doing the jinga, you already would have to uh, uh, gone through. A few exercises, where the students have succeeded on getting it perfectly, you know, and that you are really propping them up, you are complementing them as they get it right, you know, they attack with the defense, you know, and, and so before they reach a, a major challenge, they have already to be quite, you know, uh, chuffed about themselves that they already managed to do so many things, you know, so prop them up before going into the jenga. Now, going back to my previous episode, I share with you the diagram that I think is really important, you know, in a way for you to divide the different movements in capoeira, you know, and you have at the core there, you have the ginga, you know, and the ginga in the beginning will be just the position, right? The arm is up, the same side leg is back, the ball of the foot is on the floor, and when you kick, there is a movement you know, of counterbalancing the arms, counterbalancing the legs. And you practice the attack, you practice the defense, you know, so the jinga is at the core. And from the jinga goes the attack, from the jinga goes the defense. And the question is, what are the first attacks you're going to do? What is the first defense you're going to do? You know, on the side, you have the mobility exercise moving in the space, right? And you have the acrobatics. And you got to make sure that you put those, that you approach those in a consistent way from the simpler to the more challenging. So the first sequence I would aim for always is the first nested bimba sequence. Uh, first, because it's the first uh, 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 sequence that was taught in capoeira, as you know, the record shows, but because it, is, it really introduces the key aspects of what is needed in a capoeira game you know the notion of timing notion of distance right and the way i would approach it is to first you know break it in parts given the distance um, first separately everybody right so you will only do the attack and go over the first kick melo de frente go over the jinga position from standing still right right arm up right leg backwards ball of your foot of the back foot on the floor Start and finish in the same position, kicking with the back leg. Then introduce the, the Mialua with Armada, also from the back leg. Go over the defense, then working in pairs, safety distance first. Once you know both players are comfortable with it, move within the actual distance you should play in Capoeira. Only then I would put a little bit of the ginga there and also making a minimum, two jingles, and then the attack, of course, with the defense. So all those parts of the sequence you would introduce separately. How to do the AU, A-U enrolé, Meia Lua de Frente, Meia Lua en Armada. And uh, the next one, it would be introducing the Meia Lua de Frente, the same kick as in the first kick in Bimba, in Mestre bimba sequence, but with a step. Then I'm introducing the different uh, tempo in the jinga, right? So one thing is kicking from the back. Another thing is kicking with a step. And again, always start the simplest way. Jinga position, step, kick, parallel, AU. The other guy, esquiva de frente, hand on the floor, swap, rolê. And on the sequence you got to really work on is that the idea of looking at each other Right and the tempo, the timing should be such that when one finishes the au, the other one would finish the au into the jinga. The other one goes into the uh, from the holé into the jinga. But are you also introducing this idea of moving to the ground. Right, how first way of going to the ground, moving on the floor as well in the holé. And again, you just breaking parts. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything in one class but it's definitely some skills that i find it key you know it's to know like you had a few classes you gotta know the first bimba, master bimba sequence and how to go to the floor how to do the the role, finishing the jinga, you know and these are the basic ones and again go back to the capoeira diagram that i introduced in the previous episode and you know just tick your box melo de french done Melo with armada done cocorinha, negativa, going to the floor. And all this comes in different blocks. One is the attack, the other one is the defense, the other one is moving around, the other one is uh, the acrobatics. So these are the two f- first sequence that I will go for. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know your feedback, uh, any suggestions as well. Always welcome. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Axé! <laughs>